You've seen it all before, so let's reload on a very special episode of shows that suck and shows that blowed. Buckle up, buttercup, it's a bumpy road. Going deep inside the mainframe secret code. Some of this shit stinks, some of it's gold. Featuring the VIPs of SBTV, Austin G and Dr. DB with our AT&C money. Weird TV is their specialty. It might be all four, or just one, two, or three. Cause they're old and kinda busy. So go get ready and take a peek. So set your phases to download a rarity that we had bestowed. Special moments no one would have showed. Open your body holes cause you're gonna get told Grab yourself a drink and let's unload In a very special episode Local man podcast rant about pedophilia <laughs> ethics Similar to the Chewbacca blowjob conundrum His face went purple and he started biting people <laughs> he touched my vagina and then I've been fired from two different school districts and I'm no longer allowed to be a member of the Catholic Church that I moved Ooh, to. When they the throw you of... out. Yeah. Your life shouldn't be ruined just because you've been molested or because people think you were molested. Oh no. Oh, they about to get nasty. <laughs> yeah, baby boy dicks, but his was a bigger baby boy dick. Wow. Um, this is the point at which I felt the most bad was how hard I was laughing. Yeah, usually you're supposed to just move on from it and not think about it because it's just gonna. He may he may have what we would call pull a Bitsenhofer. <laughs> I don't need this on tape. <laughs> no, I think this was stunt casting. Ah, it's Miss Yvonne. Huh? Huh? <laughs> well, son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, dear listener, to what is a very special episode. This one, we're going to be going over Charlie Got Molested. Season 1, Episode 6 of Always Sunny. And I would preface this by saying... Episode 7. Episode 7! Thanks, Aaron. (laughs) I would preface this by saying that I consider this both kind of a very special episode in the traditional sense, but also in the very untraditional sense where... Always Sunny deconstructs the sitcom, and this is right before it really becomes itself when we get the cast mate of Danny DeVito, who changes the game. And we will get to all of that, but first of all, let's introduce ourselves. I am your host this evening, Carolyn Maine, and across the pond, somebody who was so handsome that he should have been molested is... David Bitsenoffer. <laughs> and across just one more pond with ducks in it, somebody who somebody who wants to get a big cash grab for bits's bits's molestation charges is bits's pieces. Uh, this, this is Austin Gordon coming to you from Minnesota, where it's currently like a balmy three degrees. Wow. Are all the ducks frozen inside oh, your pond? Yeah. It's pretty sad. You look out over the pond and they're just like sitting in the frozen water, unable to move. Oh, wow. That is sad. 
No, they're they're not really. They're all gone. They flew the coop. <laughs> Good. <ago>. Good. <laughs> they're all here shitting on my lawn. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> and whose lawn is shit covered? We have a very special guest tonight. You may know him as the person that I live with. <laughs> and also winner of uh, Portland's shittiest lawn. Uh, <laughs> 2015, 2014. Is that literally or figuratively? <laughs> well, you know how we roll. We're a, a free toilet house. Yeah. <laughs> it is a holistic rating, but it is about the quantity of shit in it, yes. And who are you? I'm Aaron Walker. This yeah. is Aaron, and I'm just a guy. <laughs> I'm an internet no. celebrity. Just a little bit, a little bit. No, I'm not. You're an internet B-lister. <laughs> Aaron, before we get started, I want to make sure you know, because I don't want to presume that you've listened to all of the previous episodes <laughs> of not. a very special episode. And I, I mean, I, I can't throw stones. My wife hasn't listened to any of them. Exactly. But uh, I just want you to know that, that since we put Saved by the Bell reviewed to bed, Ryan, David, and I have mostly kept it in bed. <laughs> you mean in the act of coitus, Austin? But the one person who goes out of her way to bring up references to Save by the Bell in nearly every one of our episodes of our new show is Carol. He's that's, a liar. That's great. He's lying. That sounds We're, very accurate. The three of us are just like, whatever, Save by the Bell, it's done, let's move on. And Carol's like, remember at Save by the Bell, yeah. this happened? Remember at Save by the Bell, this happened? Jonathan right. Brandis shows up. And then she takes this episode, which might be a spoiler or foreshadow. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It is. Okay, maybe I do. I don't go out of my way (laughs) to go to Save by the Bell, but maybe it does affect me. I don't get how you guys can love him and leave him and just do sex play with it, and that's all you need. Yeah. I don't get it. It sounds like Stockholm Syndrome. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of what I'm initiating. I I think that Carol has Saved by the Bell Stockholm Syndrome. It did change my brain a little. I know what a Disney finger now is. That's, you did have to learn a lot of gross stuff, and to lose that like huge toolkit of gross yeah. stuff would be pretty tragic. I understand yeah. the reluctance. Aaron got a similar dosage to me, but uh, even more through the filter. He would kind of only know what I would tell him, and I would tell him the grossest parts. Mm-hmm. And some long-term listeners might remember Aaron's very unpopular foray into fan fiction. Yes, the Dustin Diamond Queer Fantasy Squad, which is... It's amazing, though. It's an acquired taste, I'm just going to say. It's it's not for everybody. It's very acquired. But it is very amazing. Yeah, you get used to it, like buttholes and malort, and then, you know, you'll think about it throughout the day. And then, I'm still confused by people who are turned off by that, but not everything else we've ever said on the uh, podcast. (laughs) That's true. I think it's just about, like, um, density. Like, I'm not, maybe, like, I'm not, uh, not surprised people have thresholds and that we may have crossed it but i feel like if that's your threshold we crossed it miles ago. Right. right yeah i understand like maybe the only differentiation i could make is that like you guys even at your like darkest are still laughing with it and there's definitely times in that blog where you're no longer laughing with screech right it's yeah. now like yeah. clearly just yeah. anger that, that could be I'm going to keep pausing because of this plane. Pause for plane. Pause. It's a loud one. Dang. 
Do we do anything? I have a police car coming by anytime. <laughs> is that uh, is that plane landing on your shitty lawn? We airport. live like Literally right next to the airport. <laughs> we're we're in the noise vector, and they're like all commercial traffic has to keep the noise down. But it's also where the Air National Guard comes out of. So when they do their test flights, they just rip and roar straight <laughs> off the end of the runway, hard as they can, like afterburners blazing, anytime day or night. So they're doing like a nighttime exercise right now. It's very nice. soothing. God bless yeah. Fuck you, civilians. Right? Mm-hmm. Basically. <laughs> Thanks for your service. So, so... So, uh, so I took the, the very special episodes here because this will be my first chance to really do a show that is, for me, a show of pleasure. A show that I watch in my own life for fun. And pretty much Aaron and I will pop on and Always Sunny. About the same amount, we'll watch, like, The Simpsons or another, like, canon show that once every two years we'll rewatch the whole thing front to back. Yeah, oh, absolutely. It's like a big part of our lifestyle. So yeah, Aaron and I watch it a lot. Uh, we've pretty much watched it together, and they keep having new seasons, which is very nice. It's uh, definitely one of my favorite shows. Aaron, what's your relationship to Always Sunny? Oh, um, I was very resistant to it at first. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Um, I tried to watch the first season, like when it first came out. Yeah, the watch the first two, episode. The first two I watched made me really mad. I just couldn't yeah. like them. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we'll see how Austin and David they're, did with that. Yeah, they're very, very negative. Oh yeah. Um, and it was a very hard thing to get into. But I, like somebody else has said recently, I somebody much smarter than I am said, you know, the new um, Seinfeld has been on the air for 11 seasons now because that is very much, it's like spiritual success. It's a spiritual predecessor. Because it is just a, it's a a show about what terrible people do when you just like bounce the characters off of each other in kind Mm -hmm. of a friction-free moral universe, which is, it's (laughs) it's great, great sitcom TV. Like the character Frank Reynolds says, who's not in the series yet at this point. I've only got a couple years left. I want to get real weird with them. <laughs> That's the zone Always Sunny inhabits. Let's go to Austin. What's your relationship with Always Sunny? Um, This is the first episode of Always Sunny that I have ever seen. Oh, yeah. Oh, Finally um, got you into the good stuff. Yeah, it is. it is a victim of... Well, it's a combination of my completionism mm-hmm. and just living in the era of peak TV where there's just not enough hours in the day to watch everything that you could possibly want to watch. It's so like by the time, I think, because this is, yeah, like you said, 12, I think the 12th season will be premiering two or three days after this episode goes up. Yay! So this is, this is a show that's been on for a long time, and I think it even, at 12 years, predates, yeah, it predates when I had like a DVR. And so it was one of those things that I just don't think I really knew about. And by the time I was hearing from people online talking about, oh, you should watch Ollie Sunny. It's this great show. It's hilarious. They were three or four seasons deep into it. And so I went, all right, that is a show that I will someday watch. And I will go back and start it from the beginning and do that. And I just have not gotten around to doing that yet. Well, this is pretty close to the beginning you could yeah, get six was... more earlier than it, but you're right at the beginning, and it's good to get a flavor for the one season that they didn't have Danny DeVito. Yeah, that was my one. Like, I wrote at the very end, I was like, where was Danny DeVito? Right. I was led to believe Danny DeVito was on this show. He's at hot heat when he joins, but it is important to note that they did have a lot cooking before him. That was kind of interesting that he came late, just because I never really... 
it's just one of those yeah, you think shows. Of yeah, you think of like it came out fully formed, but clearly it didn't, and that was like a, a component that they then added later that became yeah, it's like an the, integral part of it. Yeah, it's like the best case scenario ever of studio interference, where they're like, "You need a celebrity." <laughs> but they got Danny DeVito in what? this like late stage of his career willing to do literally almost anything. <laughs> if you've seen the whole series, you conjure him coming out greased up and nude out of a couch like he's being born. <laughs> spoilers. Hashtag spoilers. Spoiler alert. <laughs> well, uh, maybe I've just misheard or it's like, uh, you know, urban legend. But I thought... Danny DeVito came on because he watched the first season and liked it and kind of just said, hey, do you guys want me on this show? I and they were like, be. I'm like, not sure oh. if I have the original. Yeah. Like, Fuck, you're Danny DeVito. Come on up. <laughs> Come on. That, that's really great. That's even better for him and his agency because yeah. this has been such a great part for him. Were you going to say something? Uh, what I was going to say is it also predates HDTV being the normal thing Ooh. for a TV to be recorded in because uh, that was what oh, I keep always yeah. remarking when I go back and watch the season one. It's just like, what? Caveman <laughs> times. It's so much easier for an actor to look good without the HD, too. Like, why are we doing this to these actors? I... A, a couple steps back from the mirror sometimes, you know? Yeah. Like, what are we doing to them, getting those micro levels? Uh, David Bitzenhofer, what's your yeah. relationship with Always Sunny like? Uh, it's pretty much the same as Austin's for similar reasons, although this is technically the second episode of Always Sunny that I've ever seen. Uh, and I don't know what, when or why I decided, but it was like I was just flipping through channels and it was on and I feel like I was doing something else and I was like, mm. eh, I'll check out an episode. Or, and I believe, see, obviously I wasn't watching intently because I don't remember everything happening, but I think they went tailgating at an Eagles Oh, football. yeah. Mm. That's the birth of Green Man. That's yeah. a great one, David. <laughs> Especially for you because you like sport. <laughs> and then Danny DeVito <laughs> did drugs, I think. Yes. Well, he probably Danny does DeVito. drugs in a lot of episodes. But... Danny DeVito and Artemis are a real power couple. <laughs> Occasionally, I've thought about like Aaron and I doing a Halloween couples of Always Sunny, and I'm like, well, are we are we Charlie? Are we Charlie, Charlie and, and uh, uh, Frank, Frank or... or are we Frank and Artemis? Or are we the McPoyles, who we're going to get to a little later here? There's just I was gonna so say, many. It's, it's funny that that's the other episode you saw, because that's like the first peak McPoyle episode. That's when they first like bring as many McPoyles out of the woodwork as they yeah, can. Yeah, yeah. They don't know that yet. All we know is yeah. there's two, huh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, should we get into it, fellas? Yeah, let's do it. Let's see. What let's an do amazing it. episode. <clears throat> so we start, you'll appreciate this, the economy of the set, because it's such a low-budget show. We spend about 90 to 75% of our time in the bar, which is called Patty's Pub, and that's where we open. And Mac is reading through a paper and finds out that his old high school gym teacher was a molester. And that was also Charlie's high school gym teacher. Well, an alleged molester because he's being sued by the brothers McPoyle. And the gang is just having all kinds of feelings about that. Yeah, Charlie's acting suspicious. Mm-hmm. And I think I just lost my thought, so that's good. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it, is, it is kind of one of my favorite like little mini jokes that they do where he when he's being suspicious and he's like, wait, no, we were in the same class, man. And he goes, yeah, but I, I didn't like it. I didn't like it. I mean, coming off, speaking of our long Saved by the Bell train, 
coming off all of that and then seeing like actors who are like really really good like charlie day's physicality as charlie kelly here is just so good and there's like two or three actors here who are at all times competing for the white hot burningest most number one drama kid and also <laughs> yeah, did, uh... you won't get there this time but they sing like they're on glee too mm-hmm. i did write down uh after for a few episodes now we've talked periodically about uh, sitcom stars mm-hmm. that play characters that have the same name as them. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and so when I wrote down, I was like, I, I like I knew Charlie Day, like that this was Charlie Day's show more or less. Like I've seen him in a few other things, Pacific but I do kind of Rim like job. Yeah, Pacific Rim job, and uh, <laughs> he hosted a episode of SNL that was pretty good. Hey. And, um, so I knew ch- this was Charlie Day's show. I did not know that his character's name was Charlie. And so when they first started talking about Charlie, I'm like, hey, Charlie's playing the Charlie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just I, like all those old sitcom stars. <laughs> I actually, I was like an interview with Norm MacDonald, who was on a short-lived sitcom called Norm. Ah! <laughs> and I think he literally <laughs> said that it was like called something else or something, or his character was named something else. And that he was struggling, like, responding when people would say his character's <laughs> name. <laughs> so they just ended up call- changing the character's name to Norm. And <laughs> I've always assumed that's why they do it. Mm-hmm. Like, but, I, at the, but at the same time, I'm like, is that not giving actors enough credit? Like, are they really yeah. that dumb? Well, I, I almost wonder if with Charlie Kelly, if it's not, like, trying to keep it to his brand. Mm-hmm. But I don't know yeah. why I'm giving him so yeah. much credit. I guess it's that his character, Charlie... Kelly, his name is Charlie Day. His character, Charlie Kelly, is like basically illiterate and communicates with cryptographs. <laughs> you won't see it in this episode, but I'm like, he's got to be smarter than that. Man. Yeah, and I guess it is a good way for people to remember their names, I guess. Especially since a lot of them are stand up comedians, that if you associate yeah. the character with the person, then it's easier to advertise yourself. It does make sense from a branding perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Charlie I, and Charlie Day came up as a like a stand-up comic, didn't he? Yeah, a lot uh, of sitcom people. Did do. he? I'm not sure. Do we have the crack research child team today, or uh, yeah. Yeah. they're they're huddled together in a corner of my basement for warmth? <laughs> but uh, here, send them send them this lotion for Christmas from me. The <laughs> well, Wikipedia is done froze up in the wintertime. <laughs> We didn't donate our tuppence to Wikipedia. I I checked the temperature today because I was outside (laughs) filling up my car with gas and I realized this is the temperature or the time in Minnesota when I start thinking about moving. So (laughs) that happens in single digits. I'll put it that way. If you're able to stay there that long, then that's still pretty good. (laughs) Yeah, I suppose. I just think about it. (laughs) Uh, Then I chicken out. According to the Cracked Research team, I don't see anything that really, like, highlights that he came up as a stand-up comic. Yeah. Um, he, he majored in art history in college, so that's awesome. Oh, wow. Well, that, that career is a joke. Yeah. So. And was acting at the Williamstown Theater Festival and in small television roles. And then this was Always Sunny was kind of his big break. Yeah. Um, and he's, because he's, he's an exec producer and a writer on the show. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is my theory about it, is that because of the fact that so much of it, of the show, is is kind of improv, like the timing mm-hmm. of scenes is re- really, really, really has to be tight improv with other people, that they just kind of shorthanded around it because it was like, 
the Simpsons sequence, when I put my foot on your foot <laughs> yeah. and say, Donnie, you... Yeah. Hello, Mr. Dobson. <laughs> yeah, especially when it's improv and quick back and forth, so probably helps. Oh, and yeah, I forgot he was in Horrible Bosses. That was kind of his big right. thing. Right, that was his first, like, not always sunny yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, well, he's... he. Everybody knows him now, for better or for worse, mm-hmm. because of his screeching, wide-eyed, very physical... <laughs> There's a lot of great physical comedy on Always Sunny, too. Holy shit! What? Christopher Murray, a teacher at St. Vincent's Elementary, has been accused of sexually abusing two former students. No. Yeah, well, no, I didn't like it, though. What the hell are you talking about? I like that class. What? I gotta go! Holy shit. Charlie got molested. Uh, listen, are you trying to say that you got molested? Okay, look at this. Look at this guy, huh? I was cute, I was energetic, I was fun. I mean, what exactly was this prick looking for? You're going to hell, dude. Seriously. (laughs) So we're in Patty's pub, and Mac is reading it, and Charlie's being very suspicious. So then we go to Dennis's apartment, I believe, where Dennis and Sweet D, who are a sibling team, if you guys didn't know that, are going over what therapy classes they had in college and exactly how they should get Charlie out of his secret molestation. They, they come to the same conclusion the audience would, which is that Charlie was molested, which is why I was asking suspicious, which mm-hmm. I appreciate that, well, you, we learn more about this, but I was like, at least they got to it quickly instead of everyone acting dumb. Oh, see, yeah, out. you're used to watching the shows that we've watched together, <laughs> where this would be like the whole half an hour. This is David is what I like to call scene progression. Yeah, <laughs> yeah get rid uh, of quick, the filler. Right? Quick question. Mm. Um, the opening credits for this episode... Where that was, is that the same like theme song and stuff that they do for every episode? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And okay. so this is like stock footage, stock music. Yeah, it's, it's very, I, it's very like seventy sitcom, just sort of like a a lilting piano melody over like stock footage of sights around Chicago, yeah, and people and, driving and stuff. And they use the same kind of melody for all their bumpers, and sometimes you'll hear it in like like I saw it in an episode of Cupcake Wars. <laughs> and of course it just sounds like nice music but I'm like oh no oh they about to get nasty <laughs> ready for it all to go down and I think they use that music to like make the big contrast between their content because basically these sitcom characters are so Seinfeld plus unlikable that they spend mm. four minutes yelling at each other and saying the worst things that you can think of and then you go back to this like really nice string quartet <laughs> Well, and one of the things that this show has had all throughout it, mm-hmm. and that this episode is like a great example of, is that cold drop to the credit music. Always. For timing. It They do it every single episode. I think there's maybe two episodes in the entire series that I can say, like, the gag didn't quite work. Like, they could have tightened it up. This is one of the ones where they just nail it. Yeah. 100%. Like, they say, oh, I think Charlie was molested. And then, boom, title drop. Charlie was molested. Yeah. And that's similar to the Simpsons couch gag to me. It's like the little opening, like, tweak to get you on your toes Mm -hmm. for this comedy. Right, right. 
So there's like two things that are kind of unfolding. There's this necessity to have an intervention that the Reynolds yeah. siblings are having. And they have that throughout several episodes. Yeah, and they're they're like they're arguing about what which fractional college degree is worth more, which is my favorite. I love them quibbling about an incomplete college education. And it, like, also at the same time is unfolding that Mac is having, like, a reverse breakdown that he did not get molested in this situation. Right. Well, he starts going on about, because he's like, wait, you think he blew him? And because they started talking about they think the teacher gave blowies to the kid. Yeah, and, because they smelled like, the McPoyles smelled like unwashed assholes. Mac doesn't think that the gym teacher is yeah. going to get down on his knees and blow these children. Which I do object to this television show now <laughs> having me think, and I actually thought probably much longer than I should. <laughs> But whether pedophiles actually blow their victims. David, I'm sorry, that's violating your parole. We're going to have to catch up with you next episode. I blew it. I guess in my mind that just, that's something, I don't know, that doesn't happen for various reasons. And maybe it does, I don't know. I don't know how pedophiles work. So the bicycle man. And what are you going to do? You're going to like hop on Google and be like, for legitimate research purposes only, underscore, underscore, what do? pedophiles do yeah <laughs> right i think this show more than the bicycle man really like shows what kind of a bad person will think about when they learn that yeah. somebody got molested i don't mean everyone you know curiosity and we don't know how it works and it's for the best i mean <laughs> yeah. they, they deserve privacy the victims of these crimes but yeah. you do wonder how it shakes down and then there's that little part of you I mean, I guess if you were a child who wanted to get molested, you're like, why not me? <laughs> I sure. I had heard somebody make this joke before about, you know, like, why wasn't I molested as a kid? And I, I you know, I thought it was a little distasteful. I like how far they carried this one where <laughs> yeah. he's like pulling a picture of himself out and you know talking himself up this is a cute boy this is a cute boy yeah no it's very distasteful but you can laugh at distasteful things i found the show helps itself by the reveal halfway through that it feels less distasteful because of that Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. good dancing around the spoilers yeah Yeah, so Mac totally pulls out old photos, and he's like, yeah. why not me? And why did they get BJs? Why didn't I deserve that BJ? Yeah. So yeah. as if to go get the word directly from the horse's mouth, we go to the exterior of the McPoyles. And you guys are in the same place as all people watching this sequentially would be. This is mm-hmm. the first time you get to meet the McPoyles, and they are absolutely some of the best yeah. characters on Always Sunny <laughs> slash television I, uh, ever. Yeah, I think they got out of the shower together, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, first you see, is it Liam or Ryan? You see him you come see out. Liam, you see Liam first, and he's like, oh, we just got out of the shower. And like Charlie takes a beat, and he's like, wait, we just got out of the shower? <laughs> And and he's in a towel and he's still wet and he waits for Charlie to walk in front of him just yeah, to like he wants to rub on him get that dick grind and that towel. <laughs> Austin, yeah. Are you offended that the character's name is Liam? Oh yeah. Did you know about Liam uh, Poyle no, before really. you named your boy? Technically, my boy's full name is William, so it's mm. okay. And Whoa. he's named after Liam Neeson, anyways, right? 
Yeah. So <laughs> I think that name is Taken. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he makes a he shows him pictures of wolves and be like, these are your enemies. I <laughs> know, uh, but Liam McPoyle, I was uh, pleased to see he's played by uh, Jimmy Simpson, who we just recently saw as uh, William on Westworld. Yeah, I know he has a storied career. I saw him in the the movie Zodiac Killer playing like a straight dramatic role he gets a lot of straight dramatic roles but then like i'm like that's liam fucking mcpoyle bump yeah. it <laughs> the mcpoyles for the listeners at home they're always like wearing loose clothing like wet towels and robes and they drink milk and they mm. have a taxidermied squirrel in there on the coffee table they're amazing nice. characters nice yeah uh what else do we have on on westworld mcpoyle uh, let's see. He was in a few episodes of 24. Did he play a terrorism? He probably. I forget. I mean, 24's episodes are all just like day number and then hour number, which <laughs> tells you absolutely nothing. So, like, he was in three episodes. I'm like, I don't know. He's yeah. Like, a yeah, CTU bowl, probably. Yeah. <laughs> he was the bobcat, I think. That's what, that's what most of them were. Um, he was on a few things here and there. Uh, an episode of How I Met Your Mother. Uh, he was apparently in Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. I missed uh, that one. He was. We started watching it, but we didn't finish it. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, those are the to... movies that sound better in idea yeah. form <laughs> than when you sit down for like a two yeah, hour. Yeah, it sounded great, and then <laughs> yeah. it wasn't. So... <laughs> Definitely not great. <laughs> I was say, it's like a Saturday Night Live sketch where they say part of the one of the issues Saturday Night Live has is that when they go in the pitch room, it's all about just giving the one sentence overview of your scene. So you just yeah. pitch it. And so it's always the funniest one line that gets, you know, the, you know, the writing for it, you know, so it's for that episode. Yeah, they all start out with, like, it's a guy who... Yeah, exactly. It's a guy who's this, or a guy who's that. And so maybe that scenario is funny, but it's funny for that once, for that one moment when you learn what the guy is, but then they have to stretch that out into a, you know, four to five minute skit, and it's just not, it gets old pretty quickly. And that does sound like almost all the SNL movies. Yeah, exactly. All SNL movies and sketches. Actually, Stuart Saves His Family was really good. I love Wayne's World. Yeah, Yeah, but I I hate Wayne's World too, Austin. I hate it. I like A Night at the Roxbury. I do too. I do too. Emilio! Anyway. Anyway. Anyway, yeah. Abraham Uh, Lincoln Vampire Hunter would be one of those things that you hear. You're like, awesome. But then you have to watch an hour and a half of it. And you're like, oh, he's Abraham Lincoln. He hunts vampires. You know, that gets The novelty's worn off by now. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, Always Sunny, and then uh, he did a few episodes of Psych, a few episodes of The Newsroom. He was on 17 episodes of House of Cards. Huh. A couple episodes of Person of Interest, David. Oh, what couple? What season? Yeah. He's on Uh, Hour 9. 2013 and 2016. So mm. the last season and yeah, so like he's one of the two guys or three before back, so he got saved and then comes back. Yeah, don't you recognize him? Did did you guys notice recognize you both recognized him a little bit when he showed up? Oh no, I recognized him immediately because I've been watching Westworld. And I'm like, oh, it's William from Westworld. Is he a good and, guy or a bad guy in Westworld? Uh, good ostensi- question, Carol. Yeah. <laughs> two hour discussion. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he, he is oh, ostensibly. Yeah, 
He's the tech guy in. Uh, oh, tech guys are always bad. In person of interest, <laughs> in person of interest yeah. No, on in Westworld, he is ostensibly positioned as a good guy. Okay. Bump it. That's yeah. what, they don't do that in this episode, but that's what the McPoyles do. Is the and, bump fizz. When I yeah. first saw him on Westworld, I'm like, I know that guy. What do I know him from? And then I looked up his filmography and saw that he was on Always Sunny as well. And not that I knew anything about it. And then I watched this and I'm like, ah, it's, it's Jimmy Simpson. He's amazing here. So, yeah, Charlie rings on their bell and has to skirt past the dick towel McPoyle. <laughs> and Dennis and Dee are spying on them by a fruit stand, analyzing them. And this is where they compare their degrees. Dennis had yeah. a minor in psychology and graduated, and Dee had a major but did not. Yes, yeah. I loved, I loved that it was a fruit stand they were mm-hmm. hiding behind. Like just, just the like randomness of that and how it felt very uh, like vaudevillian almost. Yeah. Like that of all, like they could have just been like hiding behind some trash cans or a car or something. But like, no, it's a fruit stand, and there's, like, a lot of different fruit there. Yeah, this is one of those weird early episodes. I don't think we ever go back to the fruit stand after this, so I'm glad you enjoyed it. And I wouldn't expect them to. It was just, like, (laughs) that was a decision that someone made, and it was a good decision, I guess is what I'm saying. If I was in charge, I put them by a fruit stand all the time. That's almost as good as, like, a folding chair theater. Exactly. It's a great location. Because what you said is really dumb. That's a good one. Yeah, that's good. I like that one. I felt good about it. Where's your brother, dude? We just stepped out of the shower. He'll be down in a minute. All right, listen, you guys can't go. Did you just say we? What? Listen. I heard about the Coach Murray thing. You guys cannot go to the police and say that he molested you. Why not? Because he didn't molest you! That's true, but he's a dick and we hated him. Your ass got molested. <laughs> so yeah, Dennis and Dee are arguing, but we go upstairs with Charlie, who's hanging with the McPoyles, and they got their taxidermy squirrel out. And Charlie confronts them about whether they were molested, and they basically drop it immediately that no, they were not but they just want to get a lot of money from the school system. Yeah, I'm just confused at how Charlie knew right away that they weren't just because he wasn't, or does he actually remember when he suggested it? That's a good question. I I took it, like, once you found out here that they're faking the whole thing, which, as you said, David, is a nice reveal in terms of making it easier to enjoy what comes next and not mm-hmm. feeling as awkward about it. <laughs> yeah. But, um... So when they do that reveal, I'm like, okay, well, then why did Charlie freak out at the very beginning other than to set up the misunderstanding? And so my conclusion was because he, at that point, remembered mentioning to them that, oh, we should do this sometime and then freaking out because now they're doing it even Mm -hmm. though it didn't really happen. That's a good reason for it. I kind of disregard that question because I know... (laughs) In a bit, because I have a, another piece of the puzzle, not to tip the hand too much. Mm. But Charlie absolutely was molested, and his molester is featured in this episode. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> is that canon or just a. It's canon, baby. 100%. 100%. <laughs> 
All right. I'll it's not you. even just Carol Cannon. Everything I say is literally <laughs> true, including this. <laughs> yeah, I, I love the um, the reversal of it, you know, of the entire situation. They, like, invert all of the concern into just hilarity. Mm-hmm. And then they set, a, set up the, um, at the same time, you're, you're getting the college degree stuff. Three quarters of a major is more than a full minor. That's, that's, good. that's a great line. Classic Dennis and D Golden Twins battle. Mm-hmm. What I love just the the it's a it's a show that exists with knowledge of other shows. Mm-hmm. So I mean it's it's almost a postmodern very special episode in that it's playing with audience expectations about what happens in a half hour sitcom when a character gets molested and then immediately flips it on its head and makes it more about railroading an otherwise <laughs> innocent guy for personal gain than about child molestation. Right. It's a very meta special episode. Right. And exactly. like all the other characters really trying to turn this into a very special episode because yeah, like, that's like how they're not they in view on the... things, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, they think Charlie got molested so now we have to make a big whole thing of this because that's what we do, you know, TV has taught us that that's what you do about... A big whole thing of yeah. it. You, know? <laughs> yes. you have giant interventions and show, you know... <laughs> yeah, this is how the bicycle man would have shooken out if we went a little further down the journey, mm-hmm. maybe. Everyone needs to be a little more dramatic about... I mean, yeah. I'm not trying to minimize no. molestation, obviously. I'm just saying... <laughs> interventions aren't necessarily the best way to go about it. No, yeah. Dee has really bad impulses. Like, they (laughs) intervene on each other just to fuck with them. It's just an aggression move. Yeah, it's just about judgment. It's it's not about any sort of healing. No. (laughs) Healing is gone. So, yeah, Charlie is talking with Liam, and Liam says it's just revenge and that Charlie should get on on it, too, because that guy was just a piece of shit. Mm. The other McPoyle comes out of the shower still wet. And that's where we realize they do shower with each other. These are some creepy dudes who live their best lives. Not not only is he still wet, he's wearing some tidy whities some stained tidy whities He's carrying a can of Pledge. Yeah. And he's polishing the, like, wood that is, like... Is it Pledge? Ev- yeah. yeah so he's, like, pledge. spraying bugs. Is he doing that, too? No, he's, like, spray... <laughs> There's, like, wood paneling and wood cabinets and stuff all the way along the entire wall. So he's just, like... Like spraying furniture polish on it and washing them, and then he's like, "Yeah." Otherwise, we're gonna tell him that you, that you came up with yeah. the idea. They're like, gonna finger Charlie as the heavy. Oh, because right with the kid gloves on. Yeah, yeah, prepared material. Yeah, because we flash back to when Charlie came up with the idea to sue their gym teacher for molestation at Patty's Pub in a drunken mess. Yeah. And there, and the general idea yeah. is he didn't molest them, but he was a dick to them. Like, he was kind of a bully to them because they were the nerdy outcast kids. Right. And so, even though he didn't get molested, he kind of has this coming is their attitude. And, of course, they want to get, you know, millions of dollars. And it's always sunny, so you shouldn't dive too deep into this. But I'm like, I don't think coming up with an idea randomly at a bar is really, like, legal. Yeah, and that's, I mean... 
it has legal implications to it really? at all. You, you know? don't think that that's like a, a blood contract <laughs> that you came up with? Like, I don't think that's like entrapment or anything. Well, so we get further into Charlie's interest in the law later. And he <laughs> definitely does it in like a colloquialism folksy way. Because he's illiterate. He gets really, he specializes into bird law in the future. <laughs> so you could say this like shows his beginning interest yeah. in legalese and yeah, he doesn't understand things so good. It's a great unreliable narrator situation. Yeah, I, I think this episode kind of gives, because of his like, the fact that he understands what's happening and like goes to preempt it, gives sort of like a too intelligent view of Charlie as a character who is later revealed to not you know, have that sort of deductive reasoning, Sherlock yeah. Holmes-esque, like, oh, I know what's happening here. You know, no, no, none of that. And that is another point that, you know, like, everything I've heard of the show, you know, the one episode, that these aren't good people. Sure. But I guess trying to get them to not do this is a noble cause, actually. Yeah, Charlie, if anything, is the heart, not the brains. (laughs) And it's a broken heart, because this is a show for sad people. Yay! So, yeah, we... And then we exit on the new wet McPoyle huffing that pledge. Yeah. And just hang in, like, weird tidy whitey dick in the background of every shot. Yeah, he drops sort of like a an ultimatum, and then he just like inhales pledge for <laughs> sixteen seconds until we cut back out. And we find out later some characters, <clears throat> Charlie Huff spray paint, and I think it's their first blue. like yeah aerosol inhalation, which becomes like a big part of the canon right. of this series. Mm-hmm. And then. We go outside, uh-huh. back outside to the fruit stand. Yeah, it's a great location. <laughs> and Dennis is holding a giant penis yam. Oh, yeah. It's definitely a yam, and I can see why on the therapy couch you might call it a yeah, penis yam. Yes. And he says, D keeps saying that they need to do, like, a shocking intervention on him. Intervention! And he just says, no, we have to ease him into it and then pushes the penis yam through his hand which is also i just uh and that's uh. very dennis that's the same character he grows on <laughs> right he's all about pushing that implication and easing people out of scenarios where they have control yeah what'd you guys think of that <laughs> i didn't pick up on the penis <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I noticed that it was a, a penis-like yam, and I assumed that was intentional, but I didn't, uh, <laughs> I didn't take it the next... I just thought it was a visual gag more than anything. I masturbated to it, but you know. <laughs> but that was for, for other course. reasons or yeah. whatever. <laughs> to go back to another series that shall not be named, <laughs> you could say that Dennis Reynolds is a real Zach Morris type. Oh, yeah. Just a little more fucking honest about it. Sure, yeah. Let's yeah. We're going to name that series pretty quickly here. Are know. we? Oh. <laughs> I don't think we have a choice. <laughs> I'm not gonna, because Austin said it, and I'm not cool. All right. <laughs> so, yeah. 
Now we're going to go to the next big deal, which is we get Mac trying to earn that molestation <laughs> proper in his adulthood. He shows up at his, his ex-teacher's house in the shortiest shorts, really hopeful, and he knocks that doorbell. And who opens the door? He looks familiar. Austin, can you get the cracked <laughs> research team on this? <laughs> he looked like a wider version of someone I know. <laughs> Maybe we should look him up. Yeah. I will absolutely admit that the first couple times I watched Always Sunny before I watched a certain series, <laughs> I did not recognize this actor because he plays this guy much more butch than he yeah. ever played. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, you kind of see a connection. Yeah, it's mm. Mr. Belding. It's Mr. <laughs> yeah, it's Dennis Haskins. Dennis Huskins. That is Huskins. Oh, I saw yes. that from you. Frankly, I kind of buy that this is just Mr. Belding in the future, too. Exactly. Know? Right, right. So there's one other episode. I don't even remember which one or which it is, like Mac or Charlie, but one of them definitely wears a Bayside Tiger shirt. Yeah, so yeah. these actors who are creating their new content are very, inf- not very, they are aware of Saved by the Bell. Yeah, they knew what they were doing, right? Yeah. My question is, did Dennis Haskins know what he was doing? That's a great ah. question. I don't know. He knew the checks cashed. I, can mm. <laughs> I mean, Dennis Haskins, we didn't get to read his autobio. We don't really know how smart he is. Yeah. Yeah. Although, okay. he's, well, like I said, it probably comes down to the cash checking thing. Because we knew through Screech's biography that he learned everything about every place. The man from everywhere. So that no matter who he met, he had something to talk about. Yeah. And that was all just to further his career. So I think whether he knew they were kind of lampooning Mr. Belding in a way or not, I don't think he cared. This <laughs> <laughs> is a short, so short All I can say is as a an actor with that hairline, I don't <laughs> think that you get options you pretty much just say yes to things until they stop asking you to do things you're just like thumbs up 100 percent. i mean aaron you're an sometimes actor with that hair in line and mostly i have worn a gorilla costume uh let's just put it that way not just a wig a wig for my whole body my so you were the star, baby. Gorilla's the star. Yeah, the hair was the star. <laughs> so Dennis Hoskins there, and he's really, he's chubby, and he's being gruff, and Mac invites... Yeah, he's talking about getting ass. Yeah, yeah, so Mac invites himself in, and he's basically low-key trying to seduce Mr. Belding in a great turnaround of the whole finger gun situation mm-hmm. and we and have this... mac touching him to get a massage <laughs> and the scene works just better knowing that mr that this guy i don't know the teacher's name now but yeah it's mr belding mr belding didn't actually molest the students you know right, right. so we can have fun with this weird yeah, chubby exactly. man mm-hmm. and then we can see mac throw himself upon him <laughs> Mac is wearing like heavy guy liner. He's got like <laughs> I never noticed a certain amount of guy liner. I think it just looks normal. Like men should do it. <laughs> he gets up close to him and you can just see it's so great. He's like really flashing those pearly whites and mm-hmm. like looking like a and he kinda of, as an actor what is his name? 
McElroy. Oh, yeah, Chris. Uh, what is it? Chris. Rob Mc. Rob McKelleny. Rob McKelleny, and he's Something one like of the that. main writers of the show. And as an actor, yeah. he has like a real baby face thing. He's got cheeks <laughs> and big chompers, and he just has really bright, shiny eyes. And to just see like this man child throw himself upon this belding bod, <laughs> yeah. it's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Were you guys amazed? There's inner thigh touching. Yeah. Well, I love some of this. This is where like the brevity of the 22 minute sitcom works to its advantage. Cause I just really like how quickly he ramps things up from like, Oh, it's a shame. This is like, basically it's like a two step process. Boy, it's a shame. This is happening to you. And the next step he's like touching his inner thigh and trying to like get him to make a move on him. And there's just very little escalation between the two and it worked to its advantage could you guys believe it we haven't been this horned up since someone dressed as gumby (laughs) and someone stocked some vending machines yeah vending machine would be the last time yeah Uh, you can tell they love dennis haskins to get him there because why else would you get him there he was dropped by his agent we know that from the dustin diamond book no i think this was Stunt casting. Yeah. Definitely. Without. Yeah. That worked. I mean, it yeah, was yeah. Right. <laughs> it's fine. I'm not criticizing it, but yeah. they knew they were getting in line. Right? Yeah. And Dennis just cashed that check. And yeah. then he jazzy Jeffed Mac right out of that place. <laughs> exactly. When that thigh touch got a little too intimate. <laughs> and, well, he talked about how he didn't need to molest children because he got so much ass, which. Right. Regardless of how that's how pedophiles work is beside the point. But, Did uh, you look that up and get arrested too, Jamie? <laughs> let's just say I'm on more than a few lists. <laughs> let's just let's just. <laughs> but I wonder. It must have been an easy acting job because this really felt like Dennis Haskins just being Dennis Haskins when he's like, "I got all the women back in the day." Because. Yeah, they might have let him write his own lines, too. <laughs> right, just straight improv. Yeah. He thought that was the interview. He <laughs> <laughs> didn't even realize he was on camera. <laughs> like, oh, so I get the job? They're like, uh, yeah. <laughs> Here's your check. Please yeah. leave. <laughs> I don't know what this shit is all about. One day the cops just roll into my classroom and they haul me out of there. Yeah, totally. Molestation? I mean, police. I got so much ass back in those days. I mean, what the hell did I need that kind of shit for, you know? <laughs> Good, man, I hear you. So much ass. And it's like... You know, Coach, I've been working out a lot since grammar school. Good for you, son. Yeah, it's good for you, right? You know when you get real tight, like right... You know what I mean? Yeah. No, not here, like right, like in here. What are you doing? What do you want me to do? Oh, all right, I'm okay. So we cut to the next scene after Mac gets thrown out, and we are back at the bar, Patty's Pub, where Dennis and Deandra, Sweet Dee Reynolds, are trying to figure out how to crack that nut. Charlie comes in, tries to play a little pool, but they bicker so much that they lose the game entirely. The game of psychology and pool. 
Is, is this where uh, I think this is where they made the comment about uh, Charlie as a kid and how he wasn't really good at communicating things? Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, his face went purple and he started biting people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, also, we get Matt coming in to talk a little bit about just he's well, this is a little later, I think. When yeah. He reads the That's, bar. Yeah, I think you're thinking of something a little later. But, but it is, is true about Charlie. Charlie his, <laughs> does the show show that he's bad at pool or? Um, I haven't even paid attention to that. It's not That's a great question. It really hadn't come up, and it hasn't ever come <laughs> up again in the show. Like, yeah. They're not really. It's kind of expected that they play it just because it's there. I mean, yeah, I never do. David, just... how did he do? Was he bad? Well, no. It's just I think at the beginning of the episode, he kind of like one of the first things he says is like you know, eight. Or not eight ball, it'd be like, you know, 14 ball corner pocket, and I think he just completely biffed it. <laughs> <laughs> not even close, but that's um, all, and I wonder if that was a running gag or not, but he just... No, it's, if uh, it is, I missed it, because it's a sport thing. <laughs> sport number. Get all aspects of this show. Yeah. Um, no, they're, so they're just trying to, like, they're both trying to use their weird reverse psychology like double reverse psychology versus quadruple reverse psychology quarter major half a minor (laughs) yeah um against charlie until he leaves yeah they just start bickering and then he walks out the door and they both lose the game Mm -hmm. because charlie doesn't have time for that yeah and then mac storms up Uh and Mac Mac is all about education now. He went to the library, decided <laughs> to learn more about the situation. He's the only one who took any initiative in this. That's how you do it, David. You go to the library. Yeah. <laughs> he, may, he may have what we would call pull a Bitsenhofer. He went out of his way to figure out, you know, to research as much as he could on pedophilia. <laughs> And Dennis and Dee pretty much just shoot him right down, even though it's cute that he has books because they have their fractions of a psychology degree. Well, yeah, they so really this know is, the way. Yeah, so, well, first he says, you know, it's not about sex, it's about power. Yes. And, and I've heard this about, you know, all sorts of forms of sexual assault. And while I agree to some extent, part of me is like, I think it's a little bit about the sex, too. <laughs> I know, this show is making me think things I shouldn't think now. I think, even though it's threw you under the bus, I do think you're right, so, yeah. Local man podcast rant about pedophilia <laughs> ethics. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I think it's a whole mixed bag. With all sexual assault, which is all horrible, True. and I condemn every form of it. <laughs> uh, yeah, but then that's when they bring up that Charlie, he wouldn't have gone after Charlie because he's too unpredictable. He wouldn't have Right, been and Charlie's character is the wild card. <laughs> they build on that more later. He's not a good mark for a pedophile because he would, like, go wild and bite. Similar to the Chewbacca blowjob conundrum that we discussed. <laughs> <laughs> but but um again mac is still like deeply he simply can't accept the idea that a molester would be giving blowjobs he must have been receiving blowjobs so 
child suitability for molestation <laughs> would would have to do with them, you know, giving a blowjob. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's all about those numbers. <laughs> I love that everybody... Basically, my favorite thing is that everybody's center of this crisis is, like, within themselves. Clearly yeah. inside of themselves is where the, like... And that's, yeah, this is where all the characters live, is inside their own selves, because they're all total narcissists. Yeah, from these characters' point of view, at least three of them, they believe Charlie was molested, and all they care about is how it affects them. Right. Right. And how they can be a part of this in some way or whatever, you know. (laughs) Yeah, they're, like, less nice than the dad was for Webster. We're we're (laughs) having a less ideal, I know. Gary Cole. Mm -hmm. The Gary Cole. He was nice, I think he cared. He did, yeah, that man. But our people now don't care, <laughs> right, anymore. We're postmodern, baby. Mm-hmm. So with that, we, Dennis and Sweet D. Deandra, go to meet another character who becomes long-running and has a lot of great moments. And this is her first. Mrs. Kelly, Bonnie Kelly, Charlie's mom. And Austin, what does our correct research team know about this sweet old lady? Well, um, you probably, you may or may not have recognized her from her role as Miss Yvonne on Pee's uh, Playhouse. When I looked that up just earlier today, it blew my mind. I didn't <laughs> recognize her at all. Um, she is, uh, what is her actress's name? Lynn Marie Stewart. And, I mean, she's one of those, like, she's been in a crap ton of stuff. Just little bits here and there. Movies, TV, excuse me, comedy specials. I mean, she's just kind of all over the board. Um, one of those kind of institutions mm. nowadays. She's willing but, to do uh, a lot. Just like Danny yeah. DeVito, you see these actors above a certain age bar, but they're not going to like pull back and make sure they're soft lit and pretty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, she's been, uh, she's been working since 1971. <laughs> and she was in, a, she was in American graffiti. She was in yeah. mash. Uh, uh, I mean, she just, yeah. Mork and or uh, Laverne and Shirley. She was in six episodes of Laverne and Shirley, but yeah, it was the it was the Pee Wee credit that really jumped out at me. It was like, ah, oh, it's Miss Yvonne. Yeah, there's a lot of pictures of her frowning at Pee Wee, just the same way she frowns at Charlie Boy, <laughs> her little gingerbread man. Austin and yeah, the secret world of Alex Mack didn't jump out at you. <laughs> Did it she... jump out at you, David? What list is he even on? <laughs> if uh, if she had been in more than one episode, it would have jumped. Yeah. I did I did notice that. I'm like, eh, it was just one episode. <laughs> so she's amazing, and mm. she's very nice to Dennis and Dee, which you don't see too much of. She's the nice mommy people, and they invite yeah. themselves in. And they break the news to her that Charlie was molested, <laughs> even though they don't know this for certain. I, mean, I know it's the point of the show, so I'm not necessarily <laughs> criticizing, but that's a terrible <laughs> thing to do, right? Like, oh, right? Super, super, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know. Go tell, go tell Austin's mom that, David. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, and, I, and I know they think it actually happened, but you still shouldn't do that. That's not your place, you know? Right. right. It right. certainly isn't. And this, this series is all about stomping boundaries, mm-hmm. so... And Charlie's mom cries, but she's like, that makes sense. Yeah, that explains a lot of things about him, actually. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite, I just about die when she, like, tells her, she's like, be strong for your little gingerbread man. <laughs> yeah, this is not a time for a breakdown, Bonnie. I love her. She does some really great things in the future. There's some great things about Charlie's 
patronage, his sire, <laughs> that I won't spoil for you. But if you continue with it, it's it's a rich stew, fellows. Yeah, another like intro of a a, a very important character in the series and a great performance. <laughs> yeah, that not time for an episode bit was so great. She's got so many good things coming up too. I do love her. She's like one of the greats, one of the great moms. So. So Dee is able to convince her to stage an intervention, and we pretty much walk. The shots get really arty, because this is the season finale of their first season, essentially, and this is where they blew their load. So I hope everybody's buckled up. We walk in on Charlie's shoulders and just feel the thud of the music cues as he looks around to all these strange people from his life, a lot of family. He's got his friends not Mac, but Charlie, Dennis, Liam, and Ryan McPoyle. Sweet D. His grandmother is there, who <laughs> she does not ever come back. She's <laughs> she's not a, a recurring character. That's one of the two ghost family members we allude to of Charlie's in this episode. Um, and then this is another... Is, is this the introduction yes. of Uncle Jack? Yes, this, this is, is the fourth Jack. big character they introduce this episode. Is he the guy who said, yeah, do it slow? That's <laughs> his name. <laughs> he has some amazing moments in the future. You don't yeah, even go felt... into his law career right now. but Th- This is the point at which I felt the most bad was how hard I was laughing at the creepy ass. <laughs> sure, yeah. Like when she pulls out the doll and there's like, yeah, turn her over. <laughs> you guys like Uncle Jack? Yeah, like yeah. Uh, no, far more than I should have. <laughs> A more complicated word than like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, there, there all, there's all kinds of like pressure, of course, to do this. And I love that his mom comes out and admits, like, we we don't know how these are supposed to go, <laughs> but we think it has something to do with pointing out where on the doll, like, <laughs> we've seen that in a movie or something, yeah, exactly. so let's do that. And I find her so convincing. She always plays this, like, really uh, sweet and, like, wet-eyed. She's, like, on the verge of tears this whole scene. And you just get it from Charlie's POV, like his whole family, like waiting to point out on the doll, like some kind of molestation intervention. It's, it's kind of the biggest nightmare you can picture, well, right? I just, yeah. Well, like I love the, and to the show's credit, they don't really, they leave it to you to make this conclusion, <laughs> but just the fact that like molestation isn't like, unless you're the one doing the molesting, <laughs> It's not a thing you have an intervention about. Intervention yeah. about, like, <laughs> bad habit, like, uh, bad or criminal or dangerous habits that, you, that you're doing. Like, you don't call your entire family together and force <laughs> you to admit you got molested. Like, that's not a thing that you're supposed to do. And, of yeah. course, it yeah, ties in with bad... how shitty the two of them are at psychology. And that yes. They just don't get how this works. And, like I said, to the episode's credit, they don't. There's no character who ever, like, steps up and says, like, this is wrong. This isn't how this works. You guys aren't doing it right. We just, we know they're not doing it right. This isn't what interventions are for. <laughs> yeah, we don't have that character who's that voice of reason. And when somebody is, they become a total antagonist of their group. Yeah. Like, what, the real lawyer well, later. funny because I was just listening to a podcast and they were talking about, like, psychological myths that are perpetrated by TV. And, and so they had this psychologist out and they're talking to him. And 
one of them was basically like you're supposed to go back into your childhood trauma and work through, you know, and recognize and work through it. And the he, the psychologist, is like, yeah, usually you're supposed to just move on from it and not think about it because it's just gonna mess you <laughs> up if you keep thinking about it and going back to it, you know. Yeah, and, this is yeah. And so I guess on this TV show, which kind of makes sense because these would be people who would probably their psychology is coming from TV. They just think like, oh, he has to like confront it and mm-hmm. be, you know, have everybody uh, put it in his face and make him work through it, even though that might not be the best path if he was even molested by this teacher yeah yeah i think it's like a a further like expansion of their narcissistic self-centered view of what this means because to them he's betraying them by not acknowledging it as a you know they're he's lying to them being incomplete with them about it yeah they're like how dare he lie to us so they had a force it out of him without any right. respect to what he may want. <laughs> There's certain things it's okay to be lied to about, so to speak. Um, yeah, there's there's things that are that are okay to be lied to about. There's certain things that like don't need to be out in the open. It's kinda of like having an intervention for somebody who is being like aggressively stalked by their ex and they yeah. just don't want to talk about it to anybody. Mm-hmm. But you're like, no. Like, we need to get everybody in town together so they can be in your business. And what would be worse than that? The only thing is to invite the stalker to the intervention. (laughs) And what we have done here is we have invited Charlie's in-canon molester to the separate molestation intervention. Here's a question for you new fellows. Can you guess which person in this scene did molest Charlie's character? Show your work. Well, I, I mean, I'm sure Austin came to the same conclusion. We may be wrong, but I'll just speak for both Can of you us finger because that's the how our relationship goes. Can you finger the perp, David? But I'd assume it's Uncle Jack. Is that there it? There you go. <laughs> Hole in one. His excitement at Charlie putting his finger into the butthole of the doll seemed to tip, you know. I guess I didn't know that that would actually come back. Oh, it super does. <laughs> yeah. Or if it was just a one-off gag, you know, in this episode. But... It comes back, and it's never like the star of the focus, but if you pay attention, you suit. I mean, well, does he ever say it? He's just... He, they never say it out when, loud. When he's like, I'm not going to move back in with you. I'm not yeah. going to share a bed with you. Yeah, like, he wants to wrestle with him later <laughs> on. And he's like, that's not what uncles and nephews do. Like, it was... <laughs> It's very heavily implied. But okay, so my favorite part yeah. of this, like while we're doing the Uncle Jack licking lips. Yeah, that's taste. the intro is that he goes blip yeah. and that's when like you know he's a creep and then he, he keeps going. He flips over the doll and he's like, Yeah, yeah, flip it over. And, um, <laughs> as the finger gets closer to the butt, like right before he's about to touch it, he goes, Slow down, slow down, slow down. Yeah, he- which is this as it's the grossest you could get yet again like it it increases the grossest factor they're ringing those dividends out of that wet bar rag Uh, on this show yeah so that's something charlie has to live with for his whole life (laughs) 
I, I don't exactly know how one of these things are supposed to go. But we understand that there's been some abuse. Now, we're not exactly sure how this thing is supposed to go. Okay, Charlie. Show us on the doll. Show you what? Where it touched you. Shall I turn it over? Yeah, turn it over. Do it. cut to the car we're seeing the back of the mcpoyles's heads as charlie's being driven away and i don't know some turquoise nice car yeah this is another kind of unique scene because i don't right. think there's any other like, scene shot in this same vehicle ever again <laughs> never go back in the vehicle and all the other road trip episodes are especially about road trips yeah and they're all in the game the gang gets a car basically and then everything is just shot in the car in but, that car yeah these mcpoils have like a vintage nice <laughs> weird drive i'm sure they're drinking milk and liam and ryan feel like that went really really well yeah they're very excited about it and i love i the the art artistry of the shot is like very striking it's very pretty it's got a very dreamlike quality yeah, I, did, uh, I like that shot when they they cut to them in the car, the way that they constructed that shot, I thought was really well done. Right. They pulled out right when Charlie was about to touch the baby's butthole. Yeah. And we yeah. went into the car, and then we deal with the repercussions of the scene there. They don't show us that last moment, because what does that add? It's better for us to do the work. Yeah. Yeah, that, the, the, the back seat shot sequence reminded me of like Mad Men or, you know, another like AMC drama show. It had like a real heavy, you know, feel to it. And uh, one thing that Charlie mentioned, speaking of dear departed family members, is that his least favorite part of the molestation intervention was when his sister screamed that he touched her vagina. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we all just laugh about it. I didn't write it. that part down, but now you remind me. <laughs> I don't know. We don't have any answers for you, David. And also, I will point out that this is, I think, the one time in the whole series canon that I definitely noticed Always Sunny make a character and then Judy Winslow them off into that staircase. Oh, yeah. So they Judy Winslow the sister? Uh-huh, yeah. she's gone. We never hear about <laughs> her again. Exist. I thought you said you had answers for me, Anna. <laughs> um, which answer did you want? <laughs> like, how did he touch her vagina? <laughs> oh, no, I don't know that, David. You better go to your local library. <laughs> <laughs> was it about power, or was it... Okay. Sorry, um, I had a lot of things to think, to say, and then I decided none of them were... <laughs> worthy of being said <laughs> and that's what you went with that's great baby try, try to keep the court transcripts clean <laughs> exactly. i don't need this on tape 
And so Liam and Ryan are driving Charlie to the police station because he's going to make a declarative statement once and for all. Charlie Mike marches right up to that policeman and he's like, what is this regarding? Sodomy. <laughs> I love that. He's like, <laughs> just the, the way the like, desk officer is just like, okay, wait here. So right? my, my take is Charlie's not the sharpest knife in the drawer. True. Yeah. Yeah. But the McPoyles are even duller than Charlie, right? Yeah. I mean, you, they can generally, most of the time, as, not always, but a lot of the times the, the gang wins over the McPoyles yeah. in brains. They're definitely fighting it out for last place. You know, <laughs> it is a... So Liam and Ryan gloat about all those milios they're going to get in the waiting room while you see Charlie in the background pointing yeah. to the police officer. <laughs> Here's the twist, baby. <laughs> Charlie, king of the rats, rats them out. The yeah. McPoyles are busted. Boom. Justice. And once again, I mean, to the show's credit, this you, you kind of pointed it out, David. Like, it's just he said, she said. Like, the, yeah. they're holding this, like, threat over him of like, oh, we're going to tell him it's your idea. And the obvious answer is you get out in front of it and just tell the cop that they're faking it. And, mm-hmm. and that's and frankly, that. And frankly, I don't even think they could do anything to McPoyles because they could stand by their statement, but Charlie could really sink their case. Right. As a right. character witness. Yeah. I'll just say, knowing that Charlie is a little simple himself, mm-hmm. it makes sense that it took him a while to get to that point. But ultimately, yeah, this is kind of a non-issue. You can just tell the cops what's going on and be done with it. And you could even say this opens up Charlie's whole budding interest in law. Which comes up later. <laughs> and later. And later. So the McPoils are busted. And they're busted out of those milios. And Charlie feels okay about where he is. Except the whole intervention was awkward. And anyways, he goes back to home base, the watering hole, Patty's Pub, the bar. Where Dennis and Dee are similarly smug, smoking on cigarettes, and gloating about the day they've had. Yeah, and that's where he tells them that he wasn't molested, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he just says, well, you know, but my whole life has been ruined because everyone thinks I've been molested. And that's kind of a sad statement, right? Yeah, yeah. As in, you <laughs> shit. Your life shouldn't be ruined just because you've been molested or because people think you were molested? Yeah. Austin, you should go tell David's parents that he was molested so David can get over this too. Get over the stigma. Yeah, exactly. And well, and also right at the end of that statement, he goes, and now I'm going to go drink and drink and drink and cry. And they look at each other, uh, the Reynoldses look at each other and like, ah, catharsis. Like, finally, we've solved it. Yeah, like, mission accomplished. <laughs> That's therapy, baby. Yeah, self-medication. Yeah, they do their sweet, like, doctor-to-doctor sign-off. They give each other a little cheers about it. <laughs> and, yeah, the it, for me, it's, you know, you know that Charlie's pretty simple. And you get the impression that that maybe Dennis and Dee are smarter, but they're still very dumb. So when you... <laughs> really run back through the scene, it's clear that because of their own self-involvement and what's going on, they still don't understand that he wasn't actually molested. Like, or they, they, that right. bit hasn't right. 
updated for them because it doesn't matter to <laughs> their part of things. Well, I mean, right? ultimately, like... they're right because Charlie has been molested. <laughs> well, it's almost like that whole like Socrates legend where uh-huh. I think it's Socrates where he was declared the smartest person in the world because he was smart enough to know that he didn't know everything. And right. by an oracle or something. I don't yeah, know. Austin yeah. knows Greek mythology better than I do. But uh so it's almost like they are dumber than Charlie because Charlie probably knows he's dumb. Whereas yeah. they do not. <laughs> like they yeah, don't realize absolutely. their own limitations and how seriously not smart they really are. And at least Charlie's more authentic. He's yeah. the less villain of everybody in this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really the B plot of this entire episode is the like pseudo intellectual wrestling match that they're going <laughs> through about like what what their level of education means about the validity of their opinions against each other, which is mm-hmm. great, awesome. And the <laughs> fact that like because of the fact that they do have an education and a degree that any conclusions they draw that can even remotely be supported by the facts mean that they did science now, yeah. right? Like, they can retroactively make science out of that. Well, it's too bad smug liberalism isn't relevant these days, so... Hi-oh. Who cares? Political. Yeah, hashtag where, political. Yeah. Hot takes. I don't know. I don't wanna... No one wants to. Job, Charlie. And, uh, when we were all hugging, my sister screamed and told everyone that I touched her vagina. Yeah. What is this in reference to? Sodomy. Okay. Uh... Hey, how'd it go? Great. I just ratted you out. <laughs> Can I see you two boys for a minute, please? So, so we got just one more little stinger, and we go back, and we have Mac explaining himself once more to a very Dennis Huskians. <laughs> And Max says he's been working out. Yeah. And is like, that's good, man. That's good. You take care of yourself. You're a good boy. Shuts the door. That guy's going straight to hell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Because that's what everyone's been saying about him. Chevy Bill Dog. Right? And you could even pull back from the whole series. They even present this more in a certain uh, season finale near-death experience. That the gang does live in hell. Patty's pub is hell. We are bad people making bad choices, and we suffer the consequences. <laughs> oh yeah, I feel like I've yeah, I feel like I've encountered that take online somewhere before. Mm-hmm. Without reading too much into it, because I'm like, I don't, I don't know the show, so I'm not going to read that much about it. But I feel like I have seen that idea thrown around. Yeah, it's it's, a strong it's one. there. It's there in the lines. Yeah. And that's Charlie Gets Molested, Season 1, Episode 7, Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Any other thoughts before I round them up? Well, are we going to do... <laughs> Normally we say how well did it uh, address the issues. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's continue to do that. It's great. I forgot about the rules. Uh, we'll start with baby boy Aaron, my pleasure friend. <laughs> Watching my pleasure show. Um, How well did this issue get addressed in this episode? The, the A plot of um, 
teacher student molestation, I would say I'm gonna give it a a D minus for uh, that that particular because it didn't. Um, it showed. I I guess my the notes, the teacher's notes in red pen on that would be like Uh showed poor comprehension of source material. Um, but the B plot about the like intellectual one-upsmanship nonsense stuff, I would say that's probably like a B plus A minus stuff. That shows like a very strong understanding of the the subject matter. So you know, tough but fair. Austin Gordon, what did you think? How do we handle the material tonight? Well, I think it. Um, I think it did a good job of showing you how to handle someone who you learn has been molested an intervention by by showing you what not to do (laughs) which is pull all of their family into a room and force them to admit what happened to them in front of that family (laughs) and david i think i uh, agree with Aaron for the most part that when examining molestation by authority figures this does not do very well and that uh, when examining the narcissism of pseudo-intellectuals it does very well. The one thing, not to get too serious or not, the one part that gave me pause and it's just the political climate we're in I suppose mm-hmm. is that this was all about a false accusation yeah. And certainly false accusations in any sexual assault exist. It happens. But there's also part of me that feels like most a lot of stories revolve around that. And it makes it seem like they happen more often than they do. And that people start defaulting to thinking that any accusation is probably false or made up. And how that's very rarely actually the case. David's really right, and he wins number one best feminist of (laughs) this episode. More more often than not, there's not a pair of McPoyles behind it all. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Scheming scheming in some manner. Right, right, and that bears being said. I get why they did it for this episode, so that I can laugh like an asshole. Yeah, and... I had a great time laughing like an asshole, but at the same time, that's not really the epidemic we're having here it's not mm-hmm. a false allegation epidemic it's just a lot of rapes right yeah I mean, full disclosure like the the vice principal of my junior high school oh okay wait like, pause you want to get really real three two one what happened in your real life <laughs> yeah okay so uh <laughs> in my junior high school um there was always this weird rumor about the vice principal everybody kind of knew about it and you just kind of joked about it or whatever mm-hmm. um but the vice principal would invite you into his office and he would be like, did hey. Did he invite you? No, he did not invite uh, me. He invited my friend Daniel at one point and other people. Daniel was much hotter than me, yes. He was blonde, <laughs> he was tall, blue-eyed, he was very pretty. Uh, and he had a bigger dick than me. Come on, it was just like, it was no, there was no, yeah. They yeah. both had baby boy dicks. Yeah, baby boy dicks, but his was a bigger baby boy dick. Wow. Um, Put that into your Google browser. Yeah. Uh, yeah, now you have me thinking, like, what do they pedophiles prefer? Like, right. The little, um, but but Jeeves, Jeeves. the rumor was Jerry. that he would bring you into his office and he would ask you questions. He didn't touch you. He didn't do anything weird. Ooh. But he would. it was very clear that he was recording it. 
like this podcast. Very much like this podcast. It, the, Did the he whole shoot thing, you finger guns? Yeah, he shot you finger guns. Wow. Well, I have to know. But he would record it, and he, he said it was for research for a book that he was writing um, called The Most Wonderful, Terrible Years, which was uh, oh, no. his, his research book about adolescence, male adolescence, and he would just ask you to describe what you thought about when you were masturbating, what it was like when you were masturbating... Wow. It, what, what, you know, when you started, man, it just, just mostly wiener whacking question, related questions. A wiener whacking questionnaire, standard W5. Yeah, no, and everybody knows, everybody who's into psychology knows how absolutely critical knowing the timing rhythms and stuff of every ah, single Christ. masturbation. So you actually heard like, from your friends who did this, like, what the questionnaire was like. Yeah, oh yeah. And it was all over your school. He got to a lot of He boys. got to a lot That's of people. Terrible. And we just heard about it and we didn't do anything. Like, oh, your kids, yeah. obviously. Yeah, we, we weren't supposed to start the lynch mob. Right. I don't but, know. But still, like, I didn't take it seriously, even. It was yeah. just, I was like, hey, 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 what? You well, know? it's that combination of if you just hear about it, you probably think it's half joking you know someone taking something out of context or something mm-hmm, or you know mm-hmm. making a bigger deal of it than it is and then if you actually had an experience it's just something you don't really want to talk about or go into so you just sure. kind of keep it to yourself you know yeah as soon as the situation becomes dicey if you're a child especially if you're an adult you know a little bit more oh it's mm-hmm. a weird come on if yeah. you're a kid yeah. you learn what a weird come on is well and i like i hung out with this guy all the time like i was in a a club where we rode bicycles and stuff after school and he was involved in the club and he would like go on camping trips with us and stuff and tell stupid dad jokes and whatnot. Did he tell dick jokes? Uh, no, he would tell like mostly like, you know, it was like, he was like a Boy Scout troop leader too. And then a fucking... Classic. When they finally arrested him, he was a youth minister at a YMCA or something. I mean, it was like a fucking... He did all of them. He a was a full of, stereotype. A lot of civic duties. Uh-huh. Yeah, he, I mean, he went to library and researched it a lot. Um, <laughs> he had a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, though, I mean, I've heard this before, but it is terrible and scary. Um, sure, what was yeah. it like dodging that bullet, and how were your friends, and how did the community come together when that happened? Well, I was, so I had already moved away from town you when he up. was arrested, and when it was fully clear what the extent of it was because like when he was arrested it was no longer i was recording stuff in my office it was like i've been fired from two different school districts and i'm no longer allowed to be a member of the catholic church that i moved to when they throw you out yeah god and he was like he was like found spooning a boy on his couch <gasps> whose parents yes. did not know where he was like it was a freaking disaster and uh he I, I i can't remember what it was he was like he was convicted he was sentenced to 10 years perhaps it was a, a very hefty uh sentence they don't they're not fond of child molesters down there in arizona mm-hmm. um and he to had be fair, I don't think they're fond of child molesters most places. Most places, right. true, true, true. The McPoyles had a line about they don't like <laughs> them in prison. Yeah. Um. So you know, for them to like, yeah. for them to talk about like throwing around the false allegation is also pretty horrifying because you know, I I was kind of like close to other teachers and 
other educators in the school district, and that's like a really serious thing. People do yeah. that all the time. Like, if you're a male teacher in junior high school, there's going to be an allegation that you tried to have sex with somebody, like, every semester. It's a very unavoidable, like, part of, of it, for, unfortunately, for certain people. Uh, false allegations are a real thing, like the witch hunts of, like, the satanic 90s. It's just all kind of... Uh, we, we should, as a society, should be, <laughs> ideally, to... Like parse out with justice what is false and what yeah, is true, and that guy. Through it. Your guy sounds like a really clear pedophile. Yeah. Right, and with him, I mean, it, it, he was really like the epitome of everybody fucking it up. Right. It was like <laughs> so he he worked for one school district. The accusations got too close to home. And they literally, like, they moved him from a wealthier school to a poorer school. And, they, he, and, wow. and instead of being a vice principal, now he was a guidance counselor. Like, oh. it moved him straight. You know, like, the next wow. one, it, it should have been, like, he was the rub-down guy no, at the, no. like, special needs academy. It was <laughs> no, really, no, like, no, no. it was really gross. It was very so sad. So you're telling me there's a couple problems with the system? Yeah, just one or two, onesie twosie. Jeez. So now there's a, a little reality dose. Yeah, sorry. How did we deal with this? <laughs> sorry for the bring down, No, folks. it's good, though. It's a real experience. I'm glad you got out scot-free so uh, we can be yeah. gross together. Right, yeah. Even uh, if you didn't get out without baggage, we'd work through it. <laughs> yeah. That's True. what love is, y'all. Um. Intervention! Intervention! <laughs> <laughs> Mm. Uh, yeah, I thought, like you have all pointed out, I was going to get to, but you brought it up, that a false allegation being the center is a bit of an awkward center. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, like, my idiot brain just wants to give it a pass because this is one dark piece of work yeah. that always makes me laugh, and I love to laugh. And it helps make the jokes be funnier instead of dealing with this super serious issue that it actually happened to Charlie, you know, especially in this right. contest. Then. Right. Then it just becomes and, monstrous, you know, at some And point. I found it as a whole much more genuine than a mm. certain show that shouldn't be named, where <laughs> it is, like, implicit in the actions of the characters finger-gunning on each other's shapey duvet <laughs> bedspreads <laughs> when that's happening, but we don't address it. And here, it can happen. This is a universe where you can get molested, and we do address it. We, we just address it like... Uh, assholes and goofballs mm-hmm. all over the place so it's something it's not great this is not a very special episode that you can show to middle <laughs> yeah. schoolers and not get fired for right. um i i love that the high stakes low stakes of mm-hmm. it the high stakes get resolved very completely and the low stakes get rammed home everywhere you know that that's yeah. that's the way that they invert the situation, which again like brings it brings it from like offensive that you've decided that this is the place that you're gonna play in to like oh no we we get it you know on board with the uh... yeah as soon as you I learned that Charlie was not actually molested by this teacher that I was like okay now I can laugh without. Right. <laughs> Feeling completely awful, you know. Right, yeah. and they love to 
skirt that line and push that boundary mm-hmm. and wring comedy out of the darkest dredges of the world, which yeah. for me is cathartic, <laughs> like an armchair therapist drinking wine in a bar. I can't say it's, it's real therapy, baby, but it gets me there. No, they were just walking a very fine line, and I think they did it well. Classic mirth-making. Well, if you boys enjoy this, I certainly hope you continue with the series in the comfort of your own homes without even having to write down notes like a nerd. Yeah, huge recommendation for the series overall. Uh, just, time. Just classic. So, let's go around again and discuss... Let's go around one more time and discuss what we thought was the most special moment of this very special episode. I'm going to say I found it very special when Mac was in those shorty shorts with a desperate, like, handsome Haley Joel Osment kind of take and just, like, grabbing the bell dog's chubby thigh. I'm like, I wouldn't see this anywhere else. Uh, David Bissenhofer, what was very <laughs> special for you of this episode? Well, I, I didn't write it down, but now that I was reminded mm-hmm. of it, I, I can't <laughs> <laughs> Charlie said his sister screamed he touched my vagina. <laughs> that's that's very special because that sister will never be seen or heard of again. <laughs> yeah, and you don't have any context for why or how that came up. <laughs> it's just an off-screen like, last time I was nude in painted bottom. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Austin Gordon, what was special? Uh, when the creepy uncle was enjoying <laughs> the <laughs> pantomime of the yeah. doll. That's true. Uncle Jack, he has some great moments. I won't spoil them all for you, but he is a lawyer, and he has a complex about his hands, and he likes bigger man men to put their hands on his hands when they take photos. <laughs> I'm sure the actor for Uncle Jack does a really good job, but it would be funny if he was played by the guy who played the bicycle right. man. It would be great to have some of those weird <laughs> 70s men back. Yeah. But all we get is Dennis Haskins. Yeah, right. but just Dennis uh, Aaron, my beloved darling, and also our podcast guest, what was a very special part of this episode um, for you? The penis yam, and yeah, when he like strokes the penis yam is that's that's the most special moment of this episode. For me. Dennis Reynolds knows how to handle a yam because of the implication. You're not going to get in any trouble at all? Uh, no. No, not really. And since the McFoyles are going to plead guilty, I'm sort of off the hook completely. Is he saying that the intervention worked? No, I don't think that's what he's saying. What are you talking about? It was the final push Charlie needed. Oh, uh, and the best part of it actually for me now is the fact that everybody thinks that I've been molested. So, in, in a way, my life is ruined. Uh, in the meantime, I'm going to go in the back office and cry and cry and cry and drink for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Well, our dear listeners, that has been a very special episode for this journey. Thank you for joining us. And you may find us in the future at a very special episode podcast.com. Also, we are A V S E P O D at Twitter. And we are on iTunes. And we are on Podbean. And we are on Stitcher. Right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, please rate and review us very highly because 
we're your favorite and we're very special and give us 100 stars or four stars if you want to be realistic but don't go any lower than that baby and I am your host this evening, Carolyn Maine. And if you would like to find more of my work online, I'm primarily a cartoonist. You may go see examples at www.carolynmaine.com, Carolyn Maine at Tumblr, Carolyn Maine at Twitter, and Carolyn Maine on Facebook. And uh, come see me hang out. And Aaron, when you aren't hanging around in a loose-fitting robe with water dropping <laughs> off of you, uh-huh. where are you online for our followers? Uh, well, you can find me on Twitter. Uh, my name is Jarvitron, J-A-R-V-I-T-R-O-N, and uh, all I do is post bad memes and occasionally complain about work, so I don't know why you would want to follow me there. Uh you can find me on Smug Mug, which is where I do my photography stuff. It's AaronWalker.SmugMug.com. His uh, pictures n- are surprisingly professional. Yeah, <laughs> hardly any buttholes and almost no molestation photographs. So just nice stuff, people. Yeah, just regular, just mostly comedians actually. Mostly pictures of comedians. That's it. And Austin Gordon, when you aren't smugly analyzing David Bitsenhofer with a cigarette, but missing the real point of his struggle, where are you online? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Austin Gordon, and you can read my writing at therealgentlemanofleisure.com. And David Bitsenhofer, after you're done showing your family where Mr. Belding touched you, <laughs> where are you online? Uh, nowhere. I'm just crying in my room after that. But uh... <laughs> <laughs> Crying and drinking and crying and drinking. Yeah, crying and drinking. Uh, you can find me online on Twitter, at Dr. Bits, doctor spelled out, and at therealgentlemanofleisure.com. Austin, uh, just out of curiosity, what do you think of every special episode will be up to next time? Uh, next episode, uh, which will be up two weeks after this one, we will be looking at uh, Season 4, Episode 11 of Growing Pains mm. in Carol We Trust, which could also... Me? Is it about me? No, 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 that's not... I don't think that's the right one, I'm sorry. Oh, you don't trust me? Uh, Carol gets away with her late night return home from the library where she met a guy, but the next night her date with the guy ends poorly when her parents come home early. Matthew Perry guest stars. Ooh. Uh, he was in three episodes because well, this was a long son game, of Austin. A bitch. <laughs> Sorry. Well, I was just thinking, like, when you were going to say it, I'm like, ah, oh, crap, he's probably going to do what I did because that's the most <laughs> look at. Uh, so then is it. it... It's, it's the... He's in yeah. three episodes, so it'd be the last one. Uh, second chance, yeah, accident, hospital, that sounds more like it. Second yeah. chance. Yeah, <clears throat> All right, so. Uh, uh, Austin, what was the next episode? <laughs> uh, next episode, which will be going up two weeks from this episode's posting, uh, will be season four, episode 20 of Growing Pains. Ooh. Second chance. And uh, one of the reasons we selected that as we're recording this episode, uh, it's the night that uh, we learned of Alan Thicke's passing. Oh. Which is, which is very sad. He's so an it, actor and sitcom theme writer, I've learned. Yes, he is, he is probably yeah. one of my favorite <laughs> Canadians. 
Oh, there's a lot of Canadians. Half of Hollywood is yeah. Canadian, so. I know, I know. So in in, uh, in honor of Alan Thicke, next up we'll be doing a Growing Pains episode. All right. Well, look forward to that, people. And for a very special episode, podcast.com, I am reminding you that if you weren't molested, maybe it's not that you weren't cute enough. Maybe it's just that you weren't vulnerable enough. (laughs) (laughs) Words to live by. It's a terrible outro, but that's what we got, babies. We're a, a free toilet house. <laughs> yeah, that sounds very accurate. This sounds like Stockholm Syndrome to me. True. Not just a wig, a wig for my whole body. <laughs> but, but you still shouldn't do that. That's not your place, you know? Get that dick grind and that... Holding a giant penis? I didn't pick up on the penis Fuck you, civilian. I masturbated to it, but you know, that's just... Uh... That little prick's going to hell. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was this AVSC on your home PC with some VIPs of SBTB. Was it Austin G, Dr. DB, RAT, or the C What the heck was with that TV? This podcast is kind of funny. Excuse us all, because we gotta go pee. That was a very special episode. We dissected that shit from head to toe. Did the time fly by, or was it slow? Got so many life lessons. Oh, how we've grown. Seen so much TV that.